Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Let me tell you a story. This morning, I was sat in a cafe with my friend Scott. Scott is like a chad. And although he didn't go to university, he lived probably the kind of life that many young guys want to be like. Chad, womanizer, got lots of girls when he was younger. I, on the other hand, I went to university and that's when I started becoming a lot more social. I learned how to like, how to infiltrate social circles, party, to study. I ended up being a degenerate and sleeping with a lot of women there. And both of us knew this about each other. I'm telling Scott that a lot of my young followers say to me that if they date and they sleep around and they party when they're younger, then it'll scratch the itch and they won't really need to do it when they're older. But they're afraid that they might then not work as hard or get results. And both of us end up kind of almost laughing of thinking about how wrong these young men are. That the truth is that if you act like a degenerate when you're young, like we did, it's not that it scratches the itch and you're less likely to carry on being a degenerate afterwards. It's that it forms the habit and you're more likely to do it afterwards. And we think back to being in high school and you know being 16, 17, 18, 20 years old. And we're just thinking, imagine if we found this concept of working hard, being productive, being on self-improvement, becoming masculine and joining a community like this. If we found that when we were young, where would we be in life right now? We're fantasizing about the level we could be at if we had our head on straight when we were younger. Here are two guys who are living pretty awesome lives, traveling around the world, recording videos, and we're wishing we could be more like you, like a young guy who's educating himself and actually being productive and disciplined at this age. This is a full guide on navigating high school and college for my young followers out there. We're going to talk about dominating social circles, making friends, dating women, having sex, partying. We're going to talk about getting brilliant grades, but in way less time than everyone else, which means that you have more time to sleep and go to the gym and build businesses. And finally, we're going to talk about making money online, building a business, becoming an entrepreneur while still studying and getting great grades. We're going to mix this together almost like the trifecta of 
important things to do whilst you're young and still inside the education system. This one video will set you apart from everyone else in your class. So make sure that you watch this video fully in order. You don't have to watch it all today, but just make sure you watch it in order right to the end, maybe over a couple of days. Let's talk about dominating social circles first. And I'm going to tell you a story. I'm 17 years old. I'm in my bedroom on my phone and I'm just about to post one of the first progress pictures I've ever made. So I've been going to the gym for the last few months. I'm like using Instagram to edit. I've got like my before picture on the left, my after picture on the right. And I'm thinking about people from college, like, you know, the last years of high school in the UK, they're going to see this and they're going to, you know, like see that I'm, I'm more muscular and I've got a six pack now. I edit the photo and I press upload on Instagram and I get a notification, but it's not a like, it's a comment. And right now the picture's got one comment, two comments, three comments and zero likes. So I click on it and see what the comment is. What's this notification? And it's someone from college who's, who's my friend. And he's just commented, cringe. And on his comments, he's got three likes from my friends. So they've liked his comments, but they've not liked my picture. I'm just realizing how fucking absurd this is. They've saw my picture. They've not liked it. We're friends, but they've liked a comment from someone who's insulting me on the picture. So they've seen my picture, but they don't want to like my picture because they don't want it to seem more popular. It's almost like I can see through their personality right now. They don't want to like add to how many likes I've got on my pictures because they don't want to have it that my pictures like get more likes than theirs or something. One by one, you know, they've liked this this comment that said cringe underneath my picture. So I click on their profiles just quickly as I'm like basically AFK on my phone. And each of my friends' Instagram profiles, they're fucking losers. Hey, they are with their like greasy little little um, emo style hair, you know, side swept hair and stuff. Just low status young men, Jeffries. Like their pictures on Instagram, it's like a picture of a fucking energy drink. And like some them like looking kind of like, you know, like with a selfie, just looking like little low status losers. I'm looking, I'm thinking, bro, I don't even want to be like you. We've been friends for years through high school but you're still a fucking loser. I'm going to the gym and now you're insulting me and saying that you're, you're, you're treating me like I'm a bad person for going to the gym. You're not encouraging me. So how are we even friends? And good riddance because you are a fucking loser. If you were a loser, but you were a nice person, fine. But you're a loser and you're an asshole. All of these friends that I've grown up with, how the fuck are you being mean to me when I've been going to the gym, which is a good habit, like real friends would support me on this journey. I'm just thinking, you know what? These people are going to drag me down. It's almost embarrassing to be friends with people like this. The lesson of this story is that you do not realize how much progress that you've made yet because you are still surrounded by Jeffrey friends. When you're surrounded by loser friends, you, your self-image, your perception of yourself is much lower than it actually is. And people, unfortunately, will treat you lower. So you know the other people, like the more popular kids and the girls in your class right now, just because they know you're still friends with some losers, with some Jeffreys, those popular kids will see you as lower than you actually are. And you will see yourself as lower than you actually are because we associate with the people that we're around. But you're not actually on that level anymore. If you're watching a video like this, where you're literally studying a guide on how to improve your life inside of your social circle and creating a business whilst you're in college and, and high school, 
you're not at that low level of being some little video game nerd porn watching little Jeffrey anymore. But when you're still friends with people like that, they are absolutely undeniably dragging you down. The impact of the people that you spend time with, of who you associate, is fucking huge. Now, if these people are nice, if these friends are really kind, wholesome people, awesome, keep them in your life. But often they're not. Often those like little video gamers, they are crabs. They will pull you back down to degeneracy, to, to being a loser, to being low status. You just don't relate to them anymore. You've been going to the gym. You've been on self-improvement. You wanted to start reading books on how to make money. And these friends think that's cringe. Or they lie and they say like, yeah, they're kind of interested, but they're just coping, making excuses. And you're becoming more like them because the rule is that you are the average of the five people that you spend time with. I want to give you a quick course right now on how to become more popular in high school and in college. One of the most important things that you can do to become more popular, which you might think is shallow, but you must play the game is looks maxing, becoming more physically attractive. No one else, especially not like in real life, will tell you this real advice. They'll tell you, yeah, be nice and you know, all this pussy stuff. I'm gonna tell you the truth here. If you wanna be more popular in high school and in college, look more attractive. There'll be other things that we can talk about with personality, fine, but looks do get your foot into the door. Anyone who disagrees with that is lying to you. You can be, yeah, sure, the popular group usually do have one guy who's not very attractive, but he's often seen as like the clown. So he's the guy who's kind of like funny and stuff, but he's treated as like the clown who no one really takes serious. Most of the popular kids on average are actually physically more attractive. There's studies out there that show like the more attractive someone is, the more friends that he will have because of the positive feedback loop that teachers and you know, the halo effect. The halo effect is like the more attractive you are, the nicer pe and kinder people will treat you. And when people treat you kinder, then you're in like a better mood. And so when you're in a better mood, you're more friendly to people, they're more friendly to you. And it just becomes a really, really positive feedback loop. So how do you become more physically attractive? You get onto a season of looks maxing. There's a full guide on my channel, like 40 minutes long. It's basically like a course, but I'm not selling it. It's like just for free on my channel where I explain how to improve your looks, your hair, your uh, facial hair, your eyebrows, your, your body, the clothes that you wear, all of that stuff. Just go and watch that course maybe after this video. There's another shallow but very strong way to become more popular and it's through social media status. It's through getting followers on TikTok and Instagram and Twitter and YouTube. Again, you can see this as like shallow, just like looks maxing and think, oh, but people should like me for me. This is the game. If you're going to play the game, you may as well win. If you're not going to play the game, then you may as well not watch this video and you may as well be fine with being a loser. You're not fine with being a loser, which means that you're playing the game, which means that you may as well win the game. Understood? Getting more followers on social media, especially it seems to me like TikTok these days, will make you popular. If you joined a new school and they found out that you had 100,000 TikTok followers, you would instantly be more popular there, would you not? Now, again, you can say, oh, but you know, this is shallow and whatever, and you know, these people aren't going to be nice. Everyone is attracted to this. Even the wholesome person who's, you know, away from degeneracy and away from social media, even really wholesome people. I meet literally fathers, businessmen, men who are 30, 40, 50 years old who are religious, and they still respect me more because I have a large following on social media. It's just something that we all are attracted to. Anyone, again, who says like, oh, I don't care about if you've got followers or not, is usually, it's just delusional, lying. They just want to sound wholesome. You will be more liked if you gain a following on TikTok, YouTube, whatever, Instagram. So post on those platforms. We'll talk soon about how to make a social media business and actually make money from this in the build a business section on this video. Now let's talk about some personality traits that you can adopt to become more popular. And being funny is one of them. 
a lot of being funny doesn't actually come from like focusing on being funny and having funny jokes or anything. A lot of being funny actually comes from the the confidence and the courage to say the thing that you find funny. Does that make sense? So you don't need to, to be more funny. You don't need to practice jokes or, or practice being a clown. You rather, you need to practice having the courage to say the things that could be funny. Many people, many young guys, which might be you, are actually hilarious, but they just don't have the confidence to show that because they're so self-conscious. And so courage comes from you. Feeling the fear of doing something or saying something, but doing it anyway. So the next time you get like a joke that's like funny for you in your mind, but you're kind of scared to say it out loud, try it. You're courageous specifically when there is fear involved. And so when you do feel the fear to kind of tell the joke or, you know, to, to share the meme with your group chat, that's when courage is used. Just try it and see what happens. Now you might have some odd sense of humor that people don't find very funny. And that can happen and you'll be able to like tell by people's response. But if you are usually scared to tell like jokes or whatever, like, you know, hu express humor. But when you do do it, you get a good reception from people. Then you know that you are genuinely a funny guy. And that's a huge level of value to become more popular inside of high school and college. And there's also the personality traits of charisma. Being charismatic is a very, very attractive social skill. It's like you are the life of the party. And so we can break charisma down in like autistic steps. So we want to be charismatic. We want to have charisma. And the way that we become more charismatic is through increasing how warm we are to people, how powerful we are in social circles, and how present we are. Warmth is like how nice you are, how kind you are. So like literally just be a nicer person to people. Think good thoughts about other people. Maybe do some gratitude journaling of the people in your class. It sounds kind of odd, but what if literally today you grabbed your journal, you thought of some random people in your class and you just thought to yourself, like you wrote it down. I'm grateful for Jack because. I'm grateful for Sarah because. And if you think thoughts like this, you will appear a lot more warm. And that's a really, really attractive trait. That's a part of charisma. Then there's power. So the more power that you can bring, the more value you can bring inside of a social circle, the more charismatic you will be. Power will again come to how attractive you are, how much value you can deliver inside of a social circle. It'll come from, for example, you have like a study group, you know, a group that you do homework with. You'll be more powerful in that group if you're really good at doing the homework. So just get better at the things that people value. And then presence comes from your ability to stay focused here and now. You see, we call someone charismatic when we can tell that person is really focused on us as I am to you right now. When they're present, they're holding your eye contact. It's a very powerful feeling. It's a very attractive feeling that you put onto someone when you're present, when you're focused, when your mind isn't wandering. So the opposite of presence is mind wandering. Imagine me and you were speaking, but you kept on seeing me kind of like look off into the distance. You could kept on seeing my mind kind of like stop as you were talking to me. I pulled out my phone and I was like texting on my phone or something. It would almost like make you like me less if you saw that because it would just make you feel unimportant. So the way to become more present is just to meditate. So you can go and if you search on YouTube, Hamza meditation, there's like a 10 minute video that I did and you can just follow the same like in and out breaths that I do in that video. And also taking a step back from degenerate like content consumption 
TikTok and YouTube shorts. Like you can be a creator on those platforms, but you don't really want to consume too much because they actually take your attention away and then you're less present. Another huge part of becoming more popular is actually being the initiator and hosting your own events. So inside of high school and college, the guy who, for example, can host his own parties or social clubs, he's usually seen like very highly. So there's a phrase that really helped me when I would try to improve my own social circle, which was be the initiator. I realized that I had struggled with getting like a really good social circle all of my life because I was basically waiting for the initiator to come to speak to me. So the initiator is like the guy who invites other people to do something. He's the guy who, who becomes like the host. I was always waiting for the initiator to come up to me, like some cool guy to come up to me and to, you know, to, like to hype me up and say that oh, all of us are gonna do this workout, do you wanna come? I realized, well, I can't just keep waiting for him. What if I become him? Because you've got to understand 90, 95% of people are not initiators. They're guests, they are followers, but only a small percentage of people are leaders. And if you're watching a video like this, you might actually be the leader. You might be the person who can actually create the social events and invite people to that. When you are that guy, people just like you more. Imagine if you were someone who was able to host a party at your place like every week or every month or something. People would start to like really value you more and you become more popular. It doesn't have to be a party. Imagine if it was literally just you going up to the people that you know and saying to them like, oh yeah, we have a study group and we all study together on, on Fridays. Do you want to join us? If there's someone who actually really values studying, you inviting them to that would make them think, oh damn, you're like, you're such a valuable person. And they'd like you more and you'd become more popular in a very practical sense. This could mean, for example, you make the group chats. So you make a group chat of some people that you know who have the same shared interests, like studying or doing the homework together in the library, or maybe there's a certain like, you know, sport or going to the gym. Imagine there's a couple of guys in your class who go to the gym. What if you were the one who made the group chat between them and you introduced everyone together and then you said, oh, we're all going to hit a workout this Friday, everyone down. Imagine how much more people would like you if you just took that courageous step. Let's talk about dating. Many young men are trying to figure out should they be open to dating at this young age or should they maybe wait and be more focused on their studies? And I want to just give you my input on this. I think that most young men date in the completely wrong way. Most guys make this mistake. They date girls who they don't even respect that much, who they know aren't even that high quality, who they know isn't wife quality but they'll date her just for a bit of fun, a bit of degeneracy, a bit of pleasure, and they'll cope and say it's for experience. I don't believe that you should date for experience because you can see how shallow that is. And this idea of like, you know, dating the quick, like the low quality girl that you can get right now and, you know, having sex with her for experience. What's really happening is that you're getting experience with a low quality girl. Because if she was high quality, you wouldn't see it as like experience. You would just see it as this awesome girl that you want to get in a relationship with, right? But specifically, the problem is young guys will end up dating a girl that they genuinely think is beneath them. A girl who's a full-on Jessica, you know, like the female equivalent of a Jeffrey, like a total fucking loser. All she does is consume content all day and eat like fucking chips or something. She's like low quality. She doesn't even do anything productive. She doesn't read any books outside of school. She can't even do like a single pull-up. If she was a guy, you'd think she was a total fucking loser. But just because she's female, you, you're entertaining her thinking, oh my God, yeah, she's actually kind of nice, bro. No, if she was a male and you would see her as a loser, then you shouldn't date her. 
too many younger men have such low standards that if a female shows any kind of interest in them, they're like, they just accept it. They think, wow, that's amazing. But you should have the standards to think, wait, if she's a loser, I'm not going to date her. I can't take her seriously. I'm, I know that I'm better than that. I know that I'm going to keep climbing up as a man. I'll be attracting better quality women. So this idea of like, oh, but you know, I'll just date her just so I can get some experience. But what's happening is you're getting experience with a low quality woman. If you had a football game coming up soon, like a competitive football game, you wouldn't go over to a basketball court, would you, and practice free throws, would you? You wouldn't practice basketball for a football game. So why would you practice with a low-quality, degenerate woman who you feel like is below you so that eventually you're better with the higher-quality girls? Because they're different. The way that you date and even the way that you have sex with low-quality girls and high-quality girls are very different. And so you don't want to get like the wrong experience. You don't want to get the wrong muscle memory being formed, the wrong habit being formed. If at this young age, you meet a girl who is literally like very high quality, she's beautiful, she's intelligent, she has the things that you value in a partner, and she could genuinely be like the mother of your children, bro, date and commit and enjoy that relationship. That's fucking awesome. What I hate about the advice online for young guys, you know, all these influencers tell you like, oh yeah, when you're young, don't think about girls. There's some girls out there right now who might be into you, who are genuinely like, like, like the mother of your children, who are that level quality right now. And to think like, oh, I'm not going to date her because I'm just a young guy. It's like, it's, it's foolish. If you can meet a girl right now who's very high quality, pursue it. If you want to pursue it, bro, of course. That's awesome that you've met a girl that high quality. The problem is that in general, most young guys aren't meeting the high quality girls. You're meeting the girl that you're quickly seeing on Tinder or, or TikTok or um, some parties and she's like a degenerate. She's making out with other guys and stuff. So you don't want to waste your time with a low quality girl. But if you do happen to attract a really high quality girl, enjoy it. And, and that's where you should be getting your experience from. That's what you could be committing to and taking more seriously. If you are going to date at this age you may as well do it in this like effective and efficient manner so it's really worth your time and you're actually good at it and you can go and see my program it's called adonis method it's like the get girls link below this if you're interested in investing and learning how to like date and have sex in a better way so the big question that young men have in this stage is should i just be grinding on my studies and my work or should I enjoy myself in these social situations? Should I party, for example? Many young guys have asked me, like, you know, I've never really been to a party before. Should I go to parties at this age or should I just focus on grinding? My answer is always the same. It can be nice to go, you know, and experience like what a party is like. And it can be nice to, you know, go on to a date with a girl. It can be nice to enjoy yourself going for these social events, sure. You must understand, though, that you can very easily overdo these social experiences. And especially when it's related to like late nights, partying, drinking, drugs, and sex. If you think that becoming a degenerate at this age is gonna scratch the itch and you'll be productive after that, it will not. Trust me when I say that the young men who become degenerates at this age and they're having a bunch of sex and taking drugs, they are more likely to continue doing those degenerate habits in the future when they were older than the guy who's never really partaked in that. So I often see so many young guys who are quite like, they're men of character. They've got really good character. They've got great parents. And they'll literally ask me like, you know, silently saying like, you know, like, I feel like I'm missing out. Should I go and take drugs and have sex with girls? And I ask them like, do you actually want to do that? Do you think you'd enjoy going to a party? And they'll say like, oh no, like, I don't think I'd enjoy it. So then I'm thinking like, then why the fuck are you considering it? 
if you right now could think to yourself, I probably wouldn't enjoy staying up late past my bedtime, feeling sleepy, taking a bunch of like alcohol and stuff and being like, you know, stood around lower quality people, like the degenerates who are partying and taking drugs and having casual sex and having conversations with them, pretending to be interested in what they're saying and listening to like loud music, degenerate music that worships the devil and talks about casual sex. If you can imagine right now that you wouldn't actually enjoy that, Take it out of your mind. Where is this like this desire for so many young guys where they're thinking like, oh man, I'm missing out. If you can tell right now, you wouldn't even enjoy that. Then don't even consider it. You know what your values are. You know what you enjoy. So do the things that you enjoy. Being a part of this community of this movement that you're watching here at Donis Gang, we understand that working hard should be like our basic attack. You're like, you know, in a, in a video game, you have the basic attack, which you can just do 24 seven. And you have like the special attacks that you can only do like every now and then when you have like the mana bar or the XP or something. And you have to use that in exchange for doing a special attack. Working hard should be like your base state 24 seven. And inside of that, you should do if you want to the most fun social experiences that you can tell are going to be like high ROI. They're really going to be super fun. They're going to connect you with people in your school. It's going to be awesome to be there. And the truth is that the social events that you can do right now are very low quality compared to what you could have if you worked really hard for it. So thinking back to the times when I was 16 to 20 years old through the last years of high school and the years of university, you think that this is like the height of life that, you know, oh, I could go out and, and get in the car with these guys and we can go drive to McDonald's and eat low quality food. Or if there's like, you know, the party degenerate vibe, it's like, yeah, we could go to like this dirty room and all of us can stand there in the dark next to girls who are five out of tens and th those girls have got herpes as well. And we can all like listen to music together and, you know, have a, have a good time in this party and take a lot of drugs and, and, you know, sniff some cocaine. These are not the high quality, like best social experiences that you'll have. If you work hard on your business and developing yourself to be like a successful, high value, wealthy man when you're 25, 30 years old, what's available is a complete night and day difference. So I want to just take you through this right now of what is available for you right now and what is available on the other side of the male life that you could build. Right now, it is very low quality. It's Spending time with low quality idiots, unintelligent people who probably don't share the same value that you have for self-improvement, discipline, and hard work. It's spending time with degenerates in the party scene because that's the kind of kids who are always out. If you do get really much into the party scene, the degeneracy, the casual sex, it's like, I want to paint the picture for you of what it actually looks like having been someone who's done this myself. It's like it's going out with these unintelligent guys who have got alcohol spilled down their tops. They've got a bit of white powder there in their nose from sniffing from like these little bags, making noises and, you know, like shouting, way like it's girls who just keep screaming every few seconds when the fucking the song that they like comes on. Every now and then in these parties, there are some girls who are pretty attractive that you might love to sleep with. But the truth is these girls are very low quality. Multiple guys in your class or your school have fucked her before and like... That's what you want. This is the height of your experience. Hoping to be the fourth guy who fucks this, this six out of 10 girl in the last few weeks. Many men, if they were actually honest, would say, yes, I would love to do that. Those are the men that you can destroy if you work hard right now. A lot of it is just low quality, like dirty, the complete opposite of sophistication. 
that's what's available for young guys. Or maybe you're more of a video gamer. And so the enjoying yourself is being sat on that computer chair, smashing League of Legends and coping, saying that you want to be like an esports player or something, which you know is a fucking cope. So don't even continue that. Like, oh, but I'll get into esports and that I'll make loads of money. No, you won't. No, you won't. When you're trying to get into esports, it is not about playing games anymore. That's about working. And every single little nerd, no offense, every single nerd who has asked me like, oh, but you know, is it fine if I want to be an esports player? Every single one of them has never been capable enough because they still, they're like coping, saying that it's for esports when actually they just have a, a video game addiction. The guys who play like esport games, they're still lethal masculine guys. They're extremely competitive guys. They're not seeing this like a video game. They're seeing this as literally war and, and competition and hard work. They're there, like they barely even play the game. They're there in like the sort of training, uh, custom games, improving their accuracy. It's not fun to be an esports player. It's a fucking grind. Many young guys are just playing League of Legends every day saying, oh yeah, but I'll get up to Diamond and I'll compete. No, you. it's not about getting to Diamond, bro. You have to get into like Challenger to make any real money from these games. You have to literally practice your accuracy for 10 hours a day. It's not fun to do that. It's not fun at all to do that. And then you've got to think of what you're sacrificing. It's making you into a professional video gamer where you're there on like a computer chair 10 hours a day, staring into the, the, the game, the screen, learning all the ins and outs of like the video game niche and everything. It's not as, as glamorized as you actually think it is. And how about the other side of male life? What could your social events look like if you put in the work right now and you become this like high value man when you're older? Well, you've got money. So suddenly, let's say you want to get into partying and, and you want to like, you know, be around hot girls, okay? Well, the parties and hot girls of before in like, you know, high school and college of that like sort of dirty random room where people are there with like Coca-Cola bottles everywhere, that turns into like an upscale bar. And the women who are there are much, much more higher quality and also more gorgeous than those little girls that are students. And also the men that you meet in these areas, they're dressed up nice because, you know, it's a clean environment compared to like that sort of sticky, fl dark floor environments. And so you're meeting these guys who are dressed nice, who are sophisticated, who are business owners. And so imagine like that as your night out experience where it's 9, 10 p.m. If you do drink, you're drinking a little bit. You've brought like a gorgeous girl for like a date with you. And there's a guy there who actually has a business who does 100K a month and you're fascinated by what he does for his business. He's asking you questions. You're there flirting with this really high quality, really attractive woman. And you feel like a, like a gentleman. You almost feel like James Bond. Now compare that to you being there awkwardly in like some little student house party whilst, whilst all of the people there are smelling their keys because they're like, they're putting the key inside of the bag of drugs and smelling it. You're there holding up your, your glass feeling awkward next to these full-on degenerates that your mother would be ashamed of that you were spending time with you can see the night and day difference and the, the it's more fun to be around people who aren't complete losers you know there's the loser who plays video games but when it comes to like this sort of party lifestyle there's people who are far below the video game porn addicts these like guys who go out to a bunch of parties and take hard drugs two, three times a week, they, they are literally like goblins of the night. I'm digging into this point because I have been a goblin of the night before. If you saw some of the pictures of me when I was in university and I was in these student like flat parties, I was living most like a lot of men's dream. I was I had a popping social life. I was taking a lot of drugs. I was fucking a lot of girls. And it was all disgusting. When you're actually experiencing it, you realize how sad and how like low quality this and unclean this entire environment is.
This isn't to say that you can't party, you can't drink, you can't be around women. Do it, but do it in the higher quality one that you've got to work harder for. Naturally, because you have to work harder for it. That means other guys have to work harder for it, which means that when you go to the higher quality, more expensive parties when you're older, the guys there you actually want to speak to. You go into the fancy restaurants or whatever diet is like best for you. Imagine going to like a fancy restaurant where there's a chef who's got 10, 20 years of experience and he's cooking like the highest quality, like meat or whatever it is that you like. And that's where you're taking this date to. That's where you and a group of your like business men friends are all there, like, you know, talking about business, talking about like, like whatever, you know, you find interest in. And you go into these fancy restaurants if you compare that to the social events that are available to you now, which is like maybe ordering some food over from a takeaway or driving to McDonald's, the difference is huge. Now, you know, saying all this, it reminds me of being in like high school and college. And there was definitely some fun times when, you know, we would leave college. We had like a little free period and one of my friends had a car. So we'd get in the car, we'd listen to music and we'd drive to McDonald's and get a milkshake or something fine. Definitely you can do a little bit of that stuff. But if you do a lot of this kind of low level social events that you can do right now. It can really distract you from working hard enough to get those higher level ones when you're older. So it's like you can go and do the little wholesome thing of, you know, spending some time with your friends who are your age right now. Maybe, you know, you want to hop on the video game or something. But many men can't control how long they do it. They don't have the discipline to, to sort of keep this at a really healthy level. A lot of guys cope and they say like, oh, but what if it's just half an hour a day? What if it's just one hour a day? That's a cope because it never is. It never is one party a week. It never is like one joint per day for the weed smokers. It never is like one takeaway a week for the fat guys. It never is one hour of video games a day for the nerds. It never is. That's what we all cope with and say like, oh, you know, I'll just eat. I'll have a cheat meal once a week. I'll uh, spend you know time with my degenerate friends once a week. I'll play video games for half an hour a day. It never is that little amount because these drugs, video games, junk food, sugar, actual drugs, they are very hard to control. This is why most video gamers that that are trying to, you know, get onto self-improvement. They're very good at coping and they'll always say like, they'll use extremes and be like, oh, but Hamza says it's not fine to play just half an hour a day or 10 minutes a day. Yes, because you don't play 10 minutes a day. No video gamer plays 10 minutes a day. You think it's going to be 10 minutes. It takes you 10 minutes to even like load up the game and get your friends inside of like the little, uh, little clan or group or whatever. Included in the other side of male life is that you can go and travel like any country is open to you. So if you work hard right now and you don't really engage and wasting time with like you know the social life that you can have right now you make enough money you open up the world to yourself and you can go like with your friends with your girl to any country that you want so if you want to go and take a like your girl on a random spontaneous date to santorini in greece like a really romantic location you can do and that's like your social experience for a few days if you want to come and travel and come to bali or thailand and ride around on the scooters and enjoy the food here and go to the cafes and pretend to work on your laptop you can and you can bring your friends here and you can go with you know a group of your friends you can go with your girl you can meet people here you can go to parties here. you can like live a better life if you've delayed gratification for that but the, the kind of like holidays that most guys like low tier guys go on to which you might actually be eligible to do soon so even if you're in high school 
when guys get to the last few years of high school or into like college and university, that's when like the this concept of like lads holiday comes in where like you all have saved up a few hundred pounds and you can basically go and fly to like a nearby country and just like drink and stuff for a few days. Many of, of the people watching this won't actually consider this because that's more of like the lads thing. Whereas in general, like the guys looking into self-improvement videos, we are more of like the sort of video gamers and we don't really have those kinds of friends. But just in cases, it's something you've you've looked into, you know, like the sort of lads holiday it's like where you go fly to like a nearby country so i'm from uk and it's like we'll all go fly to like spain for a few days rent a little shitty place drink a, a lot barely eat anything and try and sleep with as many girls as possible for a few days and again it's like the same thing with all the lads are there just making way noises and all the girls are just eh, making screaming noises that that's what it is for four days straight and you're like you've got liquid shits because you've just been drinking without actually any nutrients it's just it's very low quality things when you get older, you do that in such a more sophisticated, like intelligent way where you buy like, you know, a nicer place to stay. You're still, you're not like living like a weird goblin of the night, but rather you're there in those like nicer restaurants with gorgeous women. And you still, maybe if you want to drink, you still drink, but you don't get like this like sloppy, gross level of drunk or drugged up. So what I'm saying here is that the social events are so much better when you make yourself into a high value man, which takes time. And it takes a lot of hard work when you're young. Many guys who had potential to become that kind of high value man who had the wealth and the freedom to be able to experience that other side of male life don't end up achieving it because they spent too much time drinking when they were younger, whoring, partying, playing video games. By all means, at this age, level up your social skills, speak to everyone you come across, cold approach girls, speak to the teacher, have awesome social skills. But to increase your social skills, you don't need to waste a lot of time in low quality events, which aren't actually that fun. Like when I look back, there was so much pressure to go out and to party and to, you know, be social. But I remembered like a lot of those events that I wasted my time in, they weren't fun. They were very anxiety inducing. And I was never honoring that. Like there was so much like anxiety and discomfort when it came to, for example, like going to a bunch of parties and nightclubs when I knew like all that's going to happen is we're all going to take drugs. We're all going to smoke. We're all going to drink. We're all going to like go out to this nightclub and there might be like a fight going on. The same with how you might feel about like the video game Discord server that you're in where they're all like losers. It's not even fun for you to play video games anymore, but you do it just because you think that being social is a good thing. Not exactly. Being social might not actually be a good thing if you're social with absolute losers and low quality people. You have to honor that. You have to like just sit there still for a second and think, bro, if I'm actually honest, I don't want to join these guys anymore. I don't enjoy this stuff anymore. I, like I'm, I'm here mindlessly playing this game whilst thinking about self-improving, thinking about improving my life, making money. And none of these people, like none of these friends do that. But they're the only friends that I have. If you do relate to what I just said, like you're around low quality friends right now, but they're the only friends that you have and you'd love to meet like higher quality people, but you don't really know how to do it. I found that there must be a transition period where you are friends with the losers, then you stop being friends with them and you're basically like alone, like in this sort of monk mode, Sigma male grind set where you basically have no friends. And that's when the higher quality people enter your life. I found that there's so many young guys who have got onto self-improvements, but they're still friends with their loser friends and they're wondering why they're not attracting higher quality people. It's because the higher quality people don't want to be friends with you when they see that everyone around you is a Jeffrey. So there needs to be that little time 
of you being in like the solo mode after you've ditched the Jeffrey friends. You need to know, it might sound cringe, but you need to know how to impress people in social events. So if you've had this sad experience, which I'm about to mention, you know that you suck in social events and we need to improve this. You have been invited to social events before, maybe birthday parties, maybe study groups, whatever. You've been invited to social events before. You went to some and then you didn't get invited to really any others after that. So you have had invites to birthday parties or whatever, like, you know, the parties or, or days out or whatever, but the invites stopped coming in, especially if they stopped coming in after you attended some kind of social events. That happens when you went to the social event, but you were largely just seen as like a value leech. So when you go to a social event, there's the, the value givers and the value leeches. The givers are the people who add to the experience, the fun, the wholesomeness of some kind of social event. They're the ones making everyone feel good. They're the ones bringing some kind of value, which we'll talk about in a second. But there's quite a few like value leeches, people who don't really add anything and they're just kind of there. Often those people stop getting invites to social events because they're just basically forgotten about. No one sits there and thinks, man, I hate that person. It's just that like everyone forgets that person exists and many people are stuck in this situation. If you're watching this, you're probably one of those people. Unfortunately, you maybe are a value leech and it's okay because I was as well and I don't think I am. Well, I'm not seen like that anymore, at least by other people's actions. So I'll help you overcome that. So this is all about just providing value that's based on the environment. So Let's do a little little competition, little like question game, right? Imagine the environment that this social event is on is the sort of party, nightclub, drinking environments. What are the ways that you could be a value giver in this social event? What type of person would you be? What would you bring? I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Who would you bring to be a value giver? If, for example, there was a, a pre-drinks, like a, a party, which then everyone in the party was going to go to a nightclub. What kind of person would you be to be a value giver? You'd be fun. You'd be boisterous. You'd be loud. What would you bring? Maybe you bring some drinks with you. Maybe you bring like a speaker if they don't have the big one. Maybe you're the one who hosts the drinks at your place. Who would you bring? Either you bring another, like like a Chad, high status, boisterous, funny guy with you. Or best case scenario, you bring attractive women with you. Because in this environment, the attractive women definitely rule, right? 
So here you are as, as a value giver to this situation. This is why like every guy at like higher levels knows this. And so if there's like a party, the guy who comes in with multiple women knows the game. He knows that he's going to be liked just because he's brought some like like hot girls, especially if they're like nice women, warm women. Like they, the default needs to be that they need to be attractive, but it's even higher value that he's brought if those women are actually like really warm. And, you know, if those women kind of flirt with like some of the guys there. He's seen as a very high status guy for that. How about for the gym? Let's say you get connected into this group of guys who all go to the gym together. What kind of guy would you need to be to be a value giver for these? Now, your first answer might be, oh yeah, big, you know, huge, jacked, strong as, strong as hell. Yeah, maybe. If you were a professional bodybuilder or like a sports scientist and you knew the ways to maximize muscle growth and performance, that could be a value give, fine. But you know what's interesting? Imagine that concept, okay, you've just been invited to a group of guys who go to the gym. You don't need to actually be super muscular because you could also be like a, a student who's willing to learn. If you imagine this group of guys who love going to the gym together, if a random like almost skinny kid was invited to this group chat and invited to the workout, but the skinny kid had a really good like learner student mindset. And he was like always thanking them for their advice and asking them like, you know, like, how do I, am I doing this right? And making them feel like wise teachers. That would be a value give as well. What do you bring when you meet these guys? Maybe you buy the protein shakes for everyone. Maybe you bring the, the weight belt. Who do you bring? Maybe you bring another jacked guy. Maybe you bring an, a, a guy who's at the beginning stages and like, it's almost like you've brought the little, uh, mentee you know like the sort of trainee that everyone else is going to feel really wholesome in helping those are all based on different environments but in general no matter which social event it is if you bring your own charismatic personality if you're funny if you're able to stay present and warm and be attractive physically almost any environment if you bring another person who is charismatic or if you bring an attractive girl your value in that social event will go up. So here is an actionable step for you to do, and it's quite brutal. Do this in private. Make sure you don't do this with any friends around. What we're going to do is we're going to rate your current friends out of 10 based on a couple of, of uh, categories. And we're just going to see like how good of a friend they really are. Rate your friend out of 10 for warmth, how kind they are, presence, how focused they are on the conversation at hand. So for example, they'll get a higher rating on this one if they never go on their phone whilst you're talking to them. If they've always got good eye contact with you and they'll get a lower rating for presence. If, for example, often when you're speaking to them, their eyes jitter around the room, they're looking around, they're texting on their phone as you speak to them. Give them a rating out of 10 for power. How powerful, how valuable are they in the situations that you get into? What is their social status like? Do they bring your average up or down? And give them a rating out of 10 for social skills. Are they awkward? Do they have weird body language? Are they able to hold massive, deep intellectual conversations with people? Are they like, you know, normal in a social circle? Or can they speak to girls without being awkward or cringe? If they can, then that's a higher social skills rating out of 10. And if they can't, that's a lower rating. And finally, give them a rating out of 10 for the projection of their future. So based on their current actions right now, what does their future look like? Are they going to stay Jeffries forever? Are they onto good things? Are they reading good books? Are they on self-improvement? Are they meditating? Are they going to the gym, improving their health? Are they researching and learning these things? Or are they slowly deteriorating? Are they taking a lot of drugs? Are they playing video games? 
give them a rating out of those five things and then they've got a big rating out of 50 then just whatever number they got divided by five and that is their rating as a friend out of 10. it's a brutal exercise to do but if you just go and do that right now if you haven't like already by pausing the video do that right now for every friend who's close to you in your life and honestly it's brutal but like if you've gave anyone a lower score than five or six what are you doing if you have gave anyone and you've really brutally said this person is literally a five out of ten friend or less they can't be in your life any longer if you have even a shred of respect for yourself especially now that you've quantified it and you have to say it out loud of like fuck me like like um jeffrey is a five out of ten friend a four out of ten friend this is where you need to up your standards and think to yourself you know what i don't want a low quality friend like this i don't want a friend who's not even kind who's not even present who has got shitty social skills who's so low status that like i'm even negatively affected by how much of a loser they are it sounds brutal but the truth is like we all have the ability to get onto self-improvement to increase our value to improve our social skills and if someone isn't doing that and you are fuck them honestly if like you you're going into the gym you're doing these good habits why allow yourself to be dragged down by someone who isn't working on themselves it's just how it works it's the brutal reality of guys who've got onto self-improvement but their friends haven't it's very difficult to convince like one of your Jeffrey friends to get onto self-improvement with you. It's, it's something I'm asked so often by our followers of this movement. How do they get their friends onto it? How do they convince their friends to go to the gym and everything? I always just say to them, like, you can share these, like my videos with them and that can help. But often if a guy doesn't want to improve, he just won't. You can't force him. If he wants to improve, okay, he needs education just like you did. He needs to watch these videos every single day till the new beliefs form in his mind. But if they don't actually want to improve, if they've got no desire for that, no, they're not even trying, there's nothing you can do. Not having these loser friends in your life makes it much easier for you, not only to make new higher quality friends, but also for you to actually make more faster progress in your own self-improvements. Because you're the average of the five people you spend time with. And so if you do end up ditching one of these guys that you've just gave a really low rating, you'll actually make more progress in your own goals. And if you can think to yourself, you know what, like, I'm kind of scared to do this, but I'm not going to be friends with this guy, like for my life, which means that there's going to be a point when we're not friends anymore. Why delay that point? If you do keep this like friend around that you've gave a low rating to, not only is it disrespectful to yourself, but it is to them as well. Because if you know for a fact someone is a low quality friend that you actually don't have hope in, then you won't commit to this friendship you won't deepen the friendship you won't speak to them with the like you know the utmost respect and gratitude because you don't even respect them you don't even like them so how do you practically like stop being friends with these people that you've now quantified are like low quality friends i think the best way is to basically slowly disappear so there's different ways that you can end a friendship and you can just look at someone and just tell them like no i don't want to be friends with you but i i basically don't know anyone who's ever had that upfront conversation of just effectively communicating saying oh by the way you're basically a loser so i'm not being friends with you the way that i've seen basically everyone successfully leave a friend is just by slowly ghosting them slowly like not replying replying slower than usual not um not turning up to the little social events not accepting their call on discord when they do try and call you not joining the server that they're on not taking part in like the sort of things that they do i'm not gonna lie that's definitely like you know a lower character move that's definitely not as respectful 
but many of us don't really have the, the kind of confidence to look someone else in the face and just tell them like, oh yeah, I don't really want to be friends with you because you're basically a loser. If you've got the confidence for that and you say it in a nice way, bro, by all means, be respectful and you just say it to someone. Like, I, I know this is abrupt, but I'm not sure we, I can really continue our friendship because we're going in two different paths. I'm really much into self-improvement and I just don't really think you are. However you want to say, if, if you've got the confidence to do that, 100% do it because it's a lot like, it's a lot more polite. But I've never, at least when I was going through like, you know, 17, 18 years old, I just basically ghosted people, which isn't the most respectful thing to do, but it it did lead to a lot of growth afterwards. So let's now speak about getting brilliant grades. I'm going to tell you another story for this. So I'm 19 years old and I'm in the first year of university, just sat inside of the lecture hall. And I'm sat next to my friend, Dylan, who is like a very like good student, preppy student. You know, he's he's here, he has his files already ready. He's printed off the lecture slides that we're going to study today. He's got everything color coded and sticky notes and stuff. I'm sat next to him. I don't even own a pen. <laughs> so I borrow a pen from him. We're going to do this lecture, but the the professor is handing out the results that we got from like the recent essay assignments or, you know, it's, it's going to be online. So we're all on our laptops checking it as well. And we check our results next to each other. So Dylan He's such like a hard worker. It's hard to compete with him. He had finished this assignment, this essay, like weeks early before the deadline. And he opens up his results. And he gets what's called a 2-1, like the second best grade, like a 64%, 65% grade. I submitted mine minutes before the deadline. And I only started it literally like the same one or two days before the deadline. I remember rushing mine and everything. I check my results. I got 66%, a 2-1, higher than him. He's happy with his grade. He's, he's happy for me as well. But it opened up my mind to think, damn, he works a lot harder than me. And yet my grades are like consistently higher than his. Why? Why is it that there's some students who study and work for literally 8, 10, 12 hours a day and their results still aren't even like the top i realized that i was smarter than i looked because i use a certain few productivity tactics that are really high leverage which means that my results that i get in studying and in you know assignments and essays are actually very high for the amount of work that i actually do this is all about using what's called the 80 20 rule and you probably know what that means so 80% of the result that you want actually comes from just 20% of the actions that you take. So basically, we want to find the 20% of actions, the most important actions that get you the biggest increase in your grades. And we want to double down on those. And we want to do this, not just to get high grades, but to also save a lot of time so that we can make sure that we're putting time into gym, eating clean, sleeping right. Because there's a very unfortunate problem of what happens to the hardest working students, you know, the ones who study for 10 hours a day, 12 hours a day. They just make a stupid choice every single day. They they study so long that they end up being sleep deprived and their brain isn't even working well when it comes to doing the assignments or even studying. And so by doing more work, they actually get less results. But when you follow this rule, and I'll break it down step by step of exactly the tactics that I used, what will happen is that you'll study and spend less time on studying assignments, essays. 
but you'll actually still get the same or even higher results than the guys who study five times longer than you. Not only that, when you save that time and you put that into sleeping, then your brain works better. You save that time and you put it into getting sunlight, into exercising, going to the gym, calling your mother. Your brain performs better. It's hard to compete. Those guys who are studying for 10, 12 hours a day, it's very hard for them to get top grades because they're literally like making their brain less capable by being sleep deprived, by, you know, eating the quick, like takeaway, dirty meal, by staying up too late, by looking at the blue light before sleeping, by waking up later, by being sleep deprived. Like I'm seeing a lot of Indian, Pakistani, like Asian students do this. It's a big culture in these countries to basically work yourself to the bone and to study 12 hours, 15 hours because your parents put a lot of pressure on you and because it's a very like cutthroat competitive environment. But again, it's it's not about how many hours of work you do. It's about the result and the grade that you get. And you can get higher grades if you actually follow the right protocol. The protocol, which made me perform quite well, which you can take a few lessons of this. The first thing that I did was something which is called eat the frog. So I woke up early and instead of fucking around and wasting time doing low quality, low important tasks, I would do the biggest, hardest, most mind numbing task first thing in the morning. So I would wake up and when it was time to, you know, hand in these assignments, like, you know, the deadline for the essays in tonight, I wouldn't waste time making like like stuff that wasn't important. So many students, for example, they study 10 hours a day, but a lot of that isn't actually an efficient, effective use of time. It's a lot of time wasting. It's a lot of like low efficiency. What's better is that you wake up and you choose the hardest task. So for example, you wake up and you have an exam that's coming up in a few weeks. What you do is you print out 20 copies of that exam. Like, you know, usually you can see what's called past papers, like exams that have come up in previous years. You print out as many of those as possible and you challenge yourself to do an exam paper every single morning and also to mark your own work looking online to see like what like the answer paper is. Usually if you've got exams, you can go and find like previous exam papers which have questions which are very similar. If you do 50 of those, like 50 papers you practice, you you take the exam yourself, but like, you know, obviously like without exam conditions, you you fill it out. And then you look online for the marks and the answers and you mark it yourself. If you do 50 of those over the next few weeks, you will undeniably get higher grades. That's what the best students do. You know what the shit students, the one who study for like 10 hours a day, you know what they do? They wake up and they don't do an exam paper. They just study. They open up the textbook. Their brain isn't even working. And they just pretend to read the textbook and take breaks every 5, 10, 25 minutes and call it the Pomodoro technique. Because they're not doing something that's actually challenging. They're just trying to read. And it's like they keep mind wandering, thinking about other things. Most guys, when they say they're studying, what they're actually saying is that they're doing like the lowest friction task, which actually will help them the least. And this is why anyone who's ever said that he studies for 10, 15 hours a day, what he actually means is like, oh yeah, I barely did half an hour of actual real work today. And I wasted nine and a half hours pretending to read this textbook. Which one are you? Likewise, you can wake up and for example, you have an assignment that's true, like a dissertation for university. You wake up and you work on that first thing in the morning and you get it out the way before you go and meet your friends for a little like study session in the library. You get that hard task done first thing before any of the easy shallow tasks because the easy shallow tasks, if you start your day with a couple of those, before you know it, 
your best like brain power is just sapped and you don't actually have the mental performance to do that hard task anymore. So when I'm recording videos, I only ever record videos in the morning. When I wake up super, super early, I go straight to like scripting and writing down the points and writing like, you know, the kind of stories that I tell, you know, writing those down because that's very hard, mentally demanding. I don't wake up and go and check like comments. I don't wake up and check messages from my team. I wake up and I just do like the really hard, mentally demanding task. And sometimes you can only do that for literally like half an hour or one hour before your brain just feels fried and you literally need to take a break. The biggest thing that you can do to get success, not only in studying, but also in business, is to wake up every single day and discipline yourself to do that hard frog task as soon as possible and don't do any of those low shallow tasks around it do them afterwards another productivity tactic that you can use to maximize the grades that you get in high school or college is intermittent fasting this is where when you wake up and you do that frog task that we just discussed you make sure that you don't eat anything around this time Many people don't realize just how demanding digesting food is. And so most of the students that you see that you'll be able to dominate, they wake up and they're eating like sugary cereal first thing in the day. And they'll they'll like talk to you like a little wimp and go like, but I'm hungry, but I'm hungry. I need some orange juice in the morning. I need I need my protein right now. The best students, the ones who who seem to submit like the highest grade work, wake up. Have some black coffee if you want to, but stay fasted. Just drink water. Don't eat anything. Don't even have a protein shake. Now, if you're trying to be like a bodybuilder at the same time, you might be thinking about muscle protein synthesis and everything. What I would advise is just have one priority. And if the priority for you is getting good grades, then delay the protein. It's not going to kill off your muscle or anything. It just won't maximize it to the total intense, but you will really make a lot more progress in your work if you're not digesting food. It's such a big difference. If you just try this once, if you've never done this already, where you'll wake up tomorrow and you know which, you know, the, the big task is going to be the frog task and you're going to do that completely fasted, you'll notice that your brain will be sharper. You'll notice that your your memory's better, that you'll feel like you'll breeze through the task so much easier. When you eat beforehand, what you'll find is that your brain will wander more often. So, you know, you'll be trying to focus on maybe reading or studying or trying to work. And it's like you'll get more random memories and thoughts in your mind, which is really bad for your performance, for the grade that you're going to get because you're just not focused. This includes like no nice coffees, lattes and everything because all of that's got like milk, which has still got calories in. So you want to have basically just black coffee at most and just water. Once that big frog task is done, then eat all your meals. So maybe this is just 90 minutes. So maybe you wake up and just for 90 minutes, you just smash that big hard task. And then after that, you eat all your meals. There's a concept called deep work. So this is from the book Deep Work by Cal Newport. And if you're a student, you probably have heard of that book before. Deep Work by Cal Newport. And it just talks about how the way that we work in this modern day is really bad for getting higher grades and for leveling up your business and leveling up your career. What you must understand is studying and working are not times for socialization. 
many students make this mistake. They they merge their studying with friends and they're like, you know, doing these little cute study groups, going to the library to like study together. And that's such an unproductive use of time. When you're working or studying, that should be a time when you are literally just locked away in your room in silence, just smashing the task out. Many students then will complain and say, oh, but I can't focus in my room. That's fucking bullshit. That's bullshit. That's like a message you've implanted. And it's like the reason why you can't focus, it's not because of your room. It's just because you haven't even taken level one precautions. So for example, students will say, I can't work in my room. They've got their phone on loud next to their computer and it gets a notification, they get distracted. Level one is like, bro, grab your phone, put it on airplane mode, put it in a different room, do that. Go on your computer, put it on airplane mode if you've already downloaded the files that you need to study today or, or you know, print off the exam papers and you're working on them. Do like the literally bare minimum. You know what, what those random little hacks could be, like put your phone in a different room, put your laptop on airplane mode. Do the bare minimum like that and make your room into the place that you can do work. Anytime I do speak to an entrepreneur or a student who tells me like, oh, I can't work at my own place, I know that they're not very successful because just that one behavior of like, I can't work where I live, that one behavior will make you hundreds of thousands of dollars or millions less. It will make you lose that much over your entire lifetime because you have to constantly keep commuting to somewhere else and be distracted when you're in like more of a public place. So if you are one of these students or, or young men right now who thinks, oh, I can't work at my own place and stuff, what I would say is stop accepting that to be true and rather fight to make it happen fight to set up the environment where you can work in your room do whatever it takes because the amount of extra time you'll save every single day from not just commuting but also not getting interrupted in your work is very important now wake up smash that big task first thing in the morning fasted in your own room with no interruptions no phone on loud no notifications once that big task is done once like you've smashed like a really high level of deep work then if you want to go and have that cute like um, social experience whilst you work and you know, to go sit in the, the, the cafe or the library and pretend to work like many people do, then go ahead. I know that I sound like a bit of an asshole saying this, but this is for your own benefit. The greatest work that you produce as an intellectual is going to be when you're literally just sat in a silent room completely by yourself. When you go to the library and someone's distracting you and you're there with your little study group, it's not as effective. Now do that for fun, do that to get extra reps and do that later on in the daytime, in the evening, fine. But in the peak morning time, when you can just smash out that big hard task, do it solo, do it with no interruptions. Finally, how do you juggle studying with the lifestyle? So you've got to study, you want to get great grades, but you also want to go to the gym. You also want to be able to sleep enough hours. You also maybe want to be social. You maybe also want to date. How do you put it all together? Remember that what we spoke about was the 80-20 rule. It's very important that you consistently ask yourself, what are the 20% of actions when it comes to studying or schoolwork that will get me 80% of the grades? Because for most guys, they're spending a lot of their time on the 80% of the actions that only result in 20% of the grade. You've got to find those highest leverage parts of the work. So it's like practicing the exam paper, doing what's required to get higher grades in exams and in the assignments. If you discipline yourself to just focus on those high leverage tasks, you'll save enough time that you will always have enough time to sleep right. How do you juggle this with, for example, the social life of alcohol and partying? You've got to understand, especially, you know, for the guys who are a bit older in university, college, you've got to admit this to yourself that partying and alcohol makes you mentally stupid. 
many students don't admit that and they wonder why they're getting subpar like average grades and you know the grades are dropping or their business isn't taking off you have got to admit to yourself that being sleep deprived drinking alcohol taking drugs is ruining your brain's performance as soon as you admit that to yourself you start wanting to go out less because you're just thinking man it's so costly for me and sometimes like there's an amazing really really fun event and night okay fine that's that's acceptable but a lot of the times those little social party nights they're not even that great and so when you admit to yourself that those things are sapping your potential as a young man and they're gonna lower your grades you'll be less likely to go out how about juggling studying with social clubs so so sport clubs for example that's something that i think is well worth the sacrifice i think that signing up to the football team or going to the boxing club i think that those are awesome things that are well worth the time spent and the effort spent on them so here's your actionable step for this part of the video starting from tomorrow morning we want you to get onto this high performance routine with eat the frog intermittent fasting and deep work if you implement those three productivity tactics you will produce a lot better results in your studies and you'll save a lot of time so the actionable step is to schedule that in right now so if you do already have a schedule like on google calendar or on your phone or whatever and you can see okay whatever your normal time is okay so 6 a.m you wake up 7 a.m you do this 9 a.m you do this find where you can add in that one block of like the frog task first thing in the morning so maybe you have to wake up earlier and you have to go to sleep earlier maybe you have the time there but you usually go to the gym there or maybe you have the time and you usually eat set it up so that you can follow those three productivity tactics starting from tomorrow morning do whatever you need to do schedule it in move the gym or whatever else at a different time now let's move on to building a business whilst you're still inside high school or in college. So when I was in my second year of university, I'm I'm 21 years old. I remember the starting my first ever business and it's nighttime. I'm on my phone on Reddit. And on Reddit, I end up stumbling upon one post which someone wrote like, oh, like, you know, young guys of, of Reddit, how are you making extra money? Like what's your side hustle? And someone commented saying that he resells clothes on eBay. He flips clothes. I'm remembering that I used to flip on video games. So I played a game called RuneScape, which had like kind of like a marketplace and you could get items and buy them for a low price and sell them for a high price. And it was called flipping. And that's what I used to do to make money in this video game. And I just, it just hit me. I was like, oh damn, you can flip in real life. You can buy a product for a low price and sell it for a high price. And you can do that with clothes. And so he explained this post it explained like you know how to get into uh, ebay flipping selling clothes whatever how much money he was making it really inspired me so i remember I, I stand up from bed i go over to my wardrobe and i i start looking there like you know i download the ebay app and i'm like that i want to you know i want to make money i can sell things and i had a gray gymshark hoodie that i didn't really wear anymore i pulled that out put it up on like the wardrobe and took some pictures of it and put it onto ebay i put it up for 25 pounds I bought it originally for like 35, but I woke up the, the next day and the first thing that I saw, because I did, you know, I grabbed my phone first thing in the morning was that it had sold already. Now, technically I had lost money. Like I, I made a loss on my first ever sale by like 10 pounds, but it gave me this epiphany that, oh shit, like I've just made money online. I've literally just made like my first ever dollar by selling a piece of clothing now i sold it for a loss but I, I really understood the process of like okay you know i get the phone i take the pictures i upload it on my phone and then um it can sell 
that's what started my my entrepreneurship journey was literally just selling this one random hoodie. Since then, I tried many different businesses. I tried drop shipping. I tried uh, making a website. I tried learning like animation. I tried freelancing. I tried video editing. I, I, then I tried being a YouTuber. I tried being a rapper. I tried like so many different pursuits to try and make money when I was in university. What I've learned is that you can actually make quite a lot of money and fairly quickly and honestly, like kind of easily, even as a student. You just have to know what to do and do the right things. So first, let's talk about which business to actually build, which business model. Most guys are stuck in this stage where they're trying to figure out which business model to go all in on. And so they kind of have their mindset, okay, I'm going to do this one, like YouTube, for example. Then they get a random idea, or maybe they watch a video where someone says, oh, YouTube's really hard, you should try this other thing like agency. Then they think to themselves, yeah, well, you know, I'll try an agency. So then they're thinking about agency, okay, okay. They don't really understand what the fucking agency means, but they're going to do agency. Then they can see another video, which is like, oh, dropshipping. Maybe I'll do that one. And before you know it, they've just got like entrepreneur shiny object syndrome where they're making no progress at all because they haven't went all in on one business model and they don't know which one to go into. So let me just help you and basically choose the business for you. In my opinion, the single greatest business model for young people, for students, is an influencer business. Basically, post onto YouTube or TikTok. The reason why this is so good for young guys is because it will explode your status inside that social hierarchy. If you go and get 100,000 TikTok followers or 100K YouTube subscribers, people will literally just treat you better and you will be seen as more attractive in school or in university. Not only that, this kind of business is very easy to fit around your studies and your school schedule because you really... The biggest part of it is just recording content. You can, like, there's people who have blown up on TikTok recording content of them getting ready for school whilst they talk about stuff. So you could literally be getting ready for school, press record on TikTok every single morning, do what it takes to grow on these platforms, which I'll explain to you in a second. And if you blow up with that and you also monetize rights, which I'll also explain to you in a second, you get mass levels of status. You get a business model that doesn't actually require that much work from you. Your location independence. It's time independent as well. You don't have to be sat there 10 hours a day. It's a very, very powerful business model to get into. It also increases your confidence, makes you better at speaking on camera, which is very important, and it makes a lot of money. The way that you make money through these influencer businesses like YouTube and TikTok is the websites themselves, like TikTok and YouTube, they will actually give you money when you perform well and you get a lot of views. But that's the very low part. People who rely on YouTube AdSense or the TikTok fund, they don't make that much. Like if they get millions and millions of views, they make like, you know, 5K a month, which is really nice. But they could make a lot more money if they make their own product and sell that. So this is what you do. You grow an audience on either YouTube or TikTok. And you grow an audience by just giving advice to your younger self. So you press record and you just imagine you're speaking to your younger self. And every single day you upload a piece of content where you just give him the advice he needed to save a lot of pain that's it just don't even overthink it if you do that every day and you use like you know nice titles maybe you just copy this the video title from someone else who's got a lot of views or you use chat or you just keep giving advice to this one avatar consistently your audience will grow that'll be an audience of people who are like your younger self what i've just said is very much easier said than done growing an audience is like a huge feat that you need to learn over months and years but slowly you will gain some followers and subscribers if you just post consistently and you just keep thinking about giving good advice to your younger self if you did want to learn way more about growing an audience i have like a youtube course that's inside of adonis school so there's a link below which is called like become an entrepreneur and that's like our community and you can 
go and join that if you want, if you want to learn more about this. So you're growing your audience, but now you want to create some kind of product to sell them because like we said, you don't really make that much, like a crazy amount of money through just the YouTube AdSense. The product that you should make for most people the product that's probably the best to make for what I'm imagining is like a complete beginner to business, like a young guy who doesn't have much experience is actually a private community. So you can use something like a private Discord server, but there's a new website, which I really like, which is called School. And I'll put a link below if you want. School is where I host my own communities. It's very easy to set up. It's all on there. So it's like you can literally charge for a private community. And what happens is okay, you set it up. So you make it, for example, 20 bucks a month for someone to join. You then have this link that you can put into your content, your TikTok bio, your YouTube bio, the YouTube description. And in all of your videos where you're giving advice to your younger self, you tell them, and by the way, if you want to join my private community, get closer to me, get more advice from me, go click that link in the description and you can buy it. And 1% of people will actually buy into it. If you get 10 people to buy into this and you charge 20 bucks a month, you're making 200 bucks a month and getting 10 people in, it's not as hard as you think. And you can really scale that up. If you got 100 people in, you're making two grand a month. Inside of this private community, it's kind of like a private Discord server where you can hop on some calls and you know these are your followers. So they know a lot about you because they've watched a bunch of your videos and you probably know a lot about them because they're actually similar to your younger self. So you hop on calls with them, you write posts for them, you send them messages, you just give them advice and more help on whatever they're struggling with. And so this is a very easy, like very like frictionless business model to get into, especially for like younger guys who, for example, it would be very hard for you to consider making like a physical product. So that's like a higher level. So for example, you see Mr. Beast has made his own like custom chocolate bars and energy drinks and stuff. And that's like very hard to set up. You need to talk about manufacturing and investing and all that stuff. At this low level, when you don't really have that much money or that much skill, this is the best business like funnel, in my opinion. If you want to make your private community, then I'll link the website that I personally use in the description. Now, there's a very important actionable step for you to do right now. We need you to prioritize which area of your life is actually the most important. You see, the word priorities is actually nonsense. There's no such thing as priorities. There is simply priority. What is your priority? So out of making money through business, getting good grades, gym, dating, and social life. What is your priority right now? What is going to be the biggest, most important thing for you to go all in on right now, but also what will set you up for the best life in the future? Is it going to be getting good grades? So for example, if you're currently studying and you want to get into some kind of career where you need good grades for it, like a doctor or maybe AI or something, then maybe getting good grades is the priority right now. If you're in school or college and you're kind of forced to be there by your parents, but you actually would rather be a businessman, maybe slacking in school is actually fine because your priority is working on your business. Out of those five things, Right here, right now, it's time for you to declare what is the priority out of everything. So you might say, okay, number one priority in my life right now is making money through business. Then for the other four things, always know that they have to be sacrificed for the priority. So if, for example, one day you wake up late and it's the choice between going to the lecture or doing like some big task for your business, you skip the lecture and you actually do the business work. And of course, this could bring some problems. Maybe your parents will shout at you. Maybe you'll get like a poor performance in university. But if university isn't the priority and business is, you have to act like it. Likewise, what is the priority below that? Is it then the grades or is it the gym or is it dating life or is it social life? Prioritize those five things 
and see exactly which order they are in. And that is the order in which you should sacrifice each thing for the next thing. This means that if business is the priority, it is never sacrificed to go to the gym. If gym is above dating, that means that you should never lose a workout when you're spending time with a girl. Whilst you do this actionable step, also write the reason for your thinking. I'd recommend doing this on some kind of digital note-taking system, like, you know, iPhone Notes or Notion, so that future you can kind of look back at this and keep it updated. Why is gym above dating, for example? Write that down, like, what is your reason for it? Why is business right at the top? Or why is getting grades above uh, building the business? Write your justification for each part of this priority and then act like it. When there's a decision that you need to make, like for example, should I skip today's lecture to go to the gym? Just see, is gym above or below studying? This makes your life so much easier because it's almost like you have this like logical decision-making framework of what should be sacrificed at what given time. I hope that this video serves you well inside of high school and college. Mark my words that you will be much more capable and a better student and you'll get higher grades and you'll make more friends if you have the extra support that comes with Adonis Gang. Adonis Gang is one of those communities that I mentioned which I own where there are thousands of guys like you who want to do better in their studies, who want to be more productive, who are learning to meditate and to read books on, on building money. And joining a community like the Adonis Gang gives you that extra edge because those beliefs just solidify in your mind of how important self-improvement is. It also checks off a little bit of the box of the social skills. Suddenly, you've got thousands of guys that you can be friends with who are actually on a really good path who are you know doing the good habits and not doing the bad ones adonis gang is linked in the description below and also there's a welcome video when you're ready to join our tribe you click on that welcome video right now you can share this video to someone that you think it could help and do the hard work especially when you don't feel like it Mwah. hey it's Paige desorbo from giggly squad high quality fashion without the price tag say hello to quince I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.